ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. I'm Scott Prather, and as promised, joining me now, Raging Cajun Radio Color Analyst, former Raging Cajun coach, former Raging Cajun player, Gerald Broussard. Gee, how you feeling? I'm doing good. Doing good. Three and oh. Well, it's hard to be bad, huh? Well, I, uh, I'd be remiss if we didn't open up the segment with this. Snap, placement, kick on its way. Raise your and hand, the bro. kick Raise is hand, good. <laughs> Cajuns win it. A 53-yarder by Nate Snyder as time expires and Louisiana gets a 53-yard field goal from Nate Snyder and they win. 20 to 18. Holy cow. And you don't have to draw any pictures, Bird. You know, all you got to do is walk away with one more than they got. You got a couple of them to spare. You know, people going crazy down there having a good time, and that's what it's all about. Bert, we talked a little bit about this week. This is a team that knows how to win. I mean, they're not guessing can they win. They know how to win. They're finding ways to get it done. Yeah. Uh, Gerald, when you have those happy chuckles, I, I've heard you do that on a couple of game winners uh, in years past. Is that something that happens like in your everyday life when you're like with family or your grandson, or is that is that just reserved for like a walk off Cajuns win? No, I yeah, I don't know, man. I'm turning <laughs> red. I got my partner in here, Kyle. We were just talking and stuff. I just, I kind of, I've told you this before. I get home. I'm not paying attention to what's going on, and it's just, you know, sometimes you just, you just happy. And no, Vance, Vance will make me chuckle. John will make me chuckle. Uh, yeah, just, you know, what it is, Scott. I'm just so happy for Nate. You know, not not just the cages, but for Nate. You know, it's it's all it's all about people, and 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 you know. It, it, sometimes you, you sit and you look at what it took to get to that point, and it's just, I don't know, just I'm happy for the kids, man. It's just it's a lot of fun. And what's crazy is in, in Coach Napier, uh, I don't know. I mean, he couldn't answer because it, it was a hypothetical, and I don't know that he would have. But I asked him Monday. I was like, look, if Kenny Amanderez is available, the backup kicker, because remember in week one, after a few misses by Nate, he came in and, and kicked a field goal. Uh, you know, would we have gotten to that moment? And, you know, he he uh, didn't, he kind of evaded the question. But I'd like to think, gee, you know, probably not, just based on what we saw earlier. And yet, you know, Nate gets the 25-yarder in, and barely. I mean, that thing slipped right in there. But with his struggles and everybody kind of nervous, it was never really about distance. It was just kind of accuracy. And from 53 yards out, uh, like you said, I, I, love, I love redemption in sports and uh, – you know, it came in the form of one game, or I guess over the course of a few games, but really one game for Nate Snyder to have that opportunity. That doesn't always happen. You know, sometimes you miss, you struggle, you get replaced, and that's it. For him to have that opportunity and just nail it, I mean, right down the middle, uh, that was – that's just its one of the things I love about football, man, moments like that. I mean, regardless of who it is. I mean, maybe not the Falcons or anything, but, you know – <laughs> For most of the time, regardless of who it is, but in this case, you know, it's right here, um, you know, in our backyard, and we were airing the game. That's that's just those redemption moments in football that I absolutely love. 
Yeah, and, and you know, and notice I don't say I'm proud. I'm, I, I don't get proud of anybody for for an accomplishment. I'm just happy for them how hard they work and what you get out of that. I, you know, I used to tell people I'm 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 proud of my son for the person he is, not for his accomplishment, just for the person he is. And, and and I don't know Nate well enough to know. I had met his father in Atlanta, and and you know, Scott. I mean, you know, Coach Napier can't answer because of the hypothetical, but you know that the next kick coming out, if 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 Kenny's healthy, Kenny's gonna kick it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know he is, and and it's a 25 yarder, so Kenny's gonna make it. Mm-hmm. Then what do you do? You know, and, 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 and both of them, you know, Kenny was the kickoff guy for the Cajuns, so it's not like he, his his leg's not capable. And, and it's it's one of those things with Nate, you know, knowing what, what he had been through and just, you know, when, when, when he hit it, first thing I want to see was the operation. Was the snap going to be good? And so give credit to the snapper, you know, Paul Boudreaux and the, and the hole to be in there. Uh, was going to be good and, and and it was everything was was in line everything was good and and you know with and, and Dylan uh, Dylan Combray is a holder too I'm sorry for not mentioning him but you know good snap good hold and then just wanted to make sure he stayed on his feet and was smooth because he's more than capable of hitting it he looks smooth so now my eyes immediately go to the goalposts because that's the best view in the house not not the guys in the stripes but the fans they're the ones that are going to tell you right now. Well, I didn't know who it was, but it turned out to be the athletic and associate athletic director out there running around like they were crazy. But they, you know, as soon as they they saw it hit, you just knew it was good. And um, you know, the distance uh, distance was never a question; it's only going to be accuracy. So the the joy that you have for people to be able to go through that and experience that happiness, and that's something that you can't never take away from them. You know, I still think back to the Kansas State game, and that was Tyler Albright. You know, I, I think back to Tulsa in 1984 and, and the team with Patrick Broussard, the freshman, you know, c- carrying him off. And, and you know, what's another thing that's really neat about it is, is just hearing the reaction to Nate's dad from Nate's dad saying, man, they, they're celebrating the kicker. But it was all them other guys, you know, all them other guys that played all those snaps and, and were sweating and, and were fighting and, and all that stuff. And he kept saying it's all them other guys. And how could you not want to be – the coach of that guy's son, you know? So, um, yeah, it just, it makes for a neat story. It's just another story to be able to tell about 2020. Yeah. Uh, it's hard not to get romantic about sports sometimes, but, uh, three, and oh, I'll ask you a question, uh, ask Chris Lano. And, and that's this, when you're missing as many key players as they were, I'm talking about the Cajuns. Um, how much anal- real analysis do you draw from that? moving forward to App State. I'm asking you both as Gerald, the radio analyst, and as a former coach. Like, there were so many guys that had to play that didn't have experience. You're missing a lot on the two and three deep. You got the win, right? You're 3-0. and But how much do you take out of that in terms of, okay, here's what I'm concerned about with this team, or here's where they struggle. Like, how much can you really use from the game film uh, and and – let's say hypothetically they have most of their guys a week from tonight in Boone against Ab State. How much of that analysis from the win over Georgia Southern do you even bring into that game? No, I think what you do is you coach technique and you coach execution of the guys that played. You know, if, if you're going to tell me, Scott, that the Cajun defense is going to go without Chauncey Manette, without Joe Dillon, without Taylor Humphrey, without Kendall Wilkerson, you know, Sonny Hazard, who hasn't played in a couple weeks. And, oh, by the way, no Chris Moncrief. 
Oh, AJ yeah, Washington. You still can't have AJ Washington. Yeah. The other guy that's been making plays here last week, <clears throat> Cam Solomon. Oh, he's not going to play either. And 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 then you're going to hold George Southern to under 200 yards. Whoa, I'd say no. There's something happened that that we didn't anticipate. You know, and and that's just other guys stepping up. So now when you start thinking about what can happen when we start getting some of those familiar names back assuming that you're able to keep everybody else going. Uh, you know, as, as disappointing as, as you may say, and I, I not say, but I know you look at it, Cajuns had 438 yards of offense. And to be honest, Scott, I don't think they played real good. I think they played a lot better. But you know what? You did that without, you know, uh, the, the, the two Mitchell boys, you know, and, and, and Max and, and, and uh, Elijah, and you know, you did that without some guys at the receiver position that you you've had. We're getting better at, and you know, you say that you did that without Max and Elijah, but you know, truth be known, you, you Chris Smith, you lost pretty early in the game, so you didn't have him, and so those kind of things are all just positive and encouraging, knowing that that's a Georgia Southern team that had their people back for the most part. Everybody's going to be shy a couple of them. But that was a team that was good enough to beat App State last year. And so, uh, no, I think you go in, you grade the guys who played, you critique those guys, and you see that they're better for the next week that they play. And then if you get more more bullets in your gun, you take them and you just load that weapon. Yeah, man. I, uh, I, I Look, Shy Wirtz is, is, is one heck of a player. And the throw, the catch, then the two-point conversion – and you're thinking, man, you're down by one. You, you were given a gift on the fumble by Johnson. I mean, let's not call it anything else. You're like, I, just just give him a shot. Let him do something here. And on that last drive, uh, you did have one penalty, but Trey Regas coming up big with a couple of catches, right? You send four verticals, throw it to him underneath, let him go down the field, get out of bounds. Regas being that of the, of the three main running backs with respect to Amani Bailey and TJ Wisham, I mean, Chris Smith, Elijah Mitchell, Trey Regas. I mean, those are your three. Last year, it was it was Kale and Mitchell and Regas. Regas has been there the longest. I mean, you're going back to I remember HUD's staff and signing day and being at the indoor and talking to the staff and they were they were all I would say, give me one guy you're really excited about signing. And I remember him. They're like Trey Regas had a Shaw, and I was expecting to see him that year. And then he redshirted. He just he's been there a while, G. But, uh, you know, to hear Napier say, look, this guy is as selfless as it gets, to be reliable as he is, um, and, and just go out and make the plays he did. I mean, over 100 yards between rushing and receiving, it's not like there were a ton of highlights, but the kid, he just gets the job done. His importance is big any game day. But describe in your mind what it is in a game like last Saturday where you are short, especially after the Chris Smith injury, both on running backs and just on veterans that have been there before that know, hey, these moments, here's what you need to do. Stay calm and just do your job. Yeah, and that and that's the thing is that he has an understanding. He and Levi, when they sit there and they look at each other in the huddle, Levi can look next to him and know he's got his partner there. You know, when everybody's going to run down the field, at worst, I'm going to find number nine now and, and, and just get it to him, let him go. And, and look, <clears throat> he, he – there are things that he does that are unseen, and there are things. And, and, and you know, what they talk about the, the the best ability to have is availability. Trey's got that. I mean, he's available, and and 
you know, at 5'10", 230 pounds, he's just solid. He's hard. You know, he's, he's, he's loaded up with muscles. And, and he can keep coming back and weather the storm. And, and you know, he if you pound and pound and pound and pound, he'll have numbers to put up. But the bottom line is, is he's never been one about the numbers. You know, he's always been one to be able to share with it. And, and I mean, I, I mention it a lot that what Jabbar Jaluk, running back coach, has been able to do in that room with getting those guys to really play for and to compete with and to hang on each other's success has been awesome to see. And, and, and Trey maybe more so than anybody because he's been there the longest. And he's a guy that came in with all the hype, as you mentioned, all the hype and everything going, and he shared his success with everybody, and you never heard any kind of complaint. You never heard any thoughts about Trey not being happy for just the success of what's going on. And look, it wasn't always easy, you know, towards the end there with Ud and stuff, you know, but he's just been a selfless guy. And so that's the kind of people that, you know, when I say I'm happy for, you know, those are the people that you're, you're, you're happy for. You're not probably just happy for the success they're able to have and know that it's going to take more of that, you know, and, to be honest, he's Richard senior, but they can all come back if they want. I don't think he's going to, you know, big heck he may, uh, <clears throat> but he'll be in a position to be able to share in a lot of excitement for the remainder of the season. And, uh, and uh, I just hope it goes on a long time and, and got a shot to with good players like him. Gerald Bruce, our guest. We'll take a quick time out when we come back. Final segment of the morning, uh, just a few minutes left, but it's one thing the Cajuns have never been able to do. Can they do it next Wednesday night? Can they finally get that monkey off their back? Can they finally beat Appalachian State? What are going to be the keys? We'll ask Gerald about that when we wrap up the Great Scott Show right after this on ESPN1420.com. Welcome back into the show, everybody. I'm Scott Prather, Gerald Broussard, Raging Cajun color analyst uh, on the radio, former Cajun player and coach is our guest. Wrapping it up here, G. Uh, a week from the night, you'll be in Boone, taking on App State, uh, I'm assuming, you know, obviously this crazy COVID year, anything had happened, but that's the plan anyway. And, um, you know, 0-8 uh, lifetime, I mean, Coach Napier, it's we're, we're, what, three games in year three, and yet he's already played this team four times. They've made three trips to Boone already. They'll make a fourth here next week. What is it about this team and, and uh, that just the, the Cajuns can't quite just get this monkey off their back? And what's it going to take to finally do that? A week from tonight, you know what? App's just good. I mean, they've got good players. They play good. They coach them well. They get after it, and they do this with with uh, changes in the coaching staff. You remember a few years back, Arkansas State was changing coaches. Seemed like every year their guys were moving on. Well, heck, this is the third and three years at App. You know, but the thing that remains consistent is, is you know, they they've got good players. You know, they 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 made a change a couple of years back at quarterback, and the guy looks the same as the guy who just left. You know, they they've got a new running back in there, and a little bit different structurally, but boy, he runs good. One of the consistencies is the guys up front. I mean, they just get after it. They're still staying with the same scheme. Going to run the outside zone. Going to get after you. Going to make you bring safeties down when you do. Going to hit behind you on play action. Or with an RPO, 
is going to make you cover the whole field with some outside bubble screens and stuff like that. Going to give you a lot of formations. Going to have the quarterback run be a big part of it. So that what what App is able to do offensively is keep you playing the whole field, sideline to sideline, end zone to end zone. They make you cover it all. Make you do. Uh, they make you account for all eleven players. You know, with the quarterback being a part of the run game and all the backs being part of the throw game. Uh, defensively, they, they start out of a three four scheme, but they've always been solid tacklers, well coached. Get after you, going to challenge you at the corner position. Play with an air of confidence, and and, and you know. Like I was, we've been talking about the Cajuns now expect to win and know how to win. That's App State. I mean, App State expects to win going back to winning national championships at, at a lower level. And then now they anticipate winning. They came into the conference uh, or, or bowl eligible before they could ever qualify for a bowl. Uh, they, 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 you know, they go back to that. There's an anticipation in Boone of the people that we're going to be good. And, um, it's just kind of what they are. Can the Cajuns go get it done? Yeah, I think if, if of the times that Coach Napier's group has had to play against them, I think this is about as level as they're going to be. Now, anticipating that everybody's at full board, you don't know. App was able to beat uh, Campbell last week 20 people shy. And so, you know, they, they did not play very well against uh, Marshall in the second game of the year, beat Charlotte in the first game of the year, have un- uncharacteristically fallen behind a few times and had a few turnovers, which you just don't see. Uh, but, you know, all that is part of coming through this, this COVID 2020 year. It's just things are different. But, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, knock on wood that, that we're, we're, our plans are to be there in a couple of Wednesdays. And, and, and I know that the Cajuns aren't going to show. I mean, they're going to play in the win. And, I, and this one, Scott, I, I say App State's got good players. I think Cajuns have good players. And I think this time Cajuns match up. When you start looking at them, the Cajuns match up well. Uh, but what's going to have to happen? Young receivers are going to have to continue to develop. They're going to have to be able to run the football. It's going to be tough. You're going to have safeties that are going to be dropping down on your head right now. So that means that there's going to be some opportunities to get behind them in a play action. We've seen a couple of big plays in the past against them. Uh, you know, the kicking game came came uh, came up big in the first game of the year with the returns. You know, the kick in this last game of the, uh, the year with the win. And so. It, I mean, I'd be real surprised if the Cavs are able to beat App, not play in their best game of the year so far. But uh, I, I, you know, I think that that's what it's going to take. But are the Cajuns capable? Yeah, the Cajuns are capable. And I've said it to people from from the time I started watching App, which wasn't but a couple of days ago. But um, I'm just thinking that the Cajuns have what they have, or what they're capable of having. You know, with getting Elijah back and Trey back and. Chris back. I don't know about Chris just because what I saw. I'm not real sure just how healthy he'd be. But man, I like what I saw out of Monty Bailey. Uh, and and knowing some of the young receivers that the Cajun have, don't really know where Peter's going to be because I'm not really sure what happened with him in the game. I know he came out with a leg and that's usually not good for a wide out, but we'll see. You know, but but you know, give, give me some Dante Fleming and some Kyron Lacey. And man, I'm big, becoming a big fan of Devin Polly just making plays in there. You know, now. You know, did I get I get a kick out of ERJ now? Just a young kid in there. Know his daddy running that boy, just a little kid or, or a Rogers Junior. You know, and you know one of the best things to be is a local guy that's doing good, and, and can't wait to see him do that. But and think about all the guys that we didn't have defensively. You know, getting those guys to be able to come back and then go play. I'm, I just want to see Joe Dillon. You know, I want to see Joe Dillon and Chauncey Manack on the field at the same time. 
you know, and, and, and have them in there and get Taylor Humphrey back in there with Zion. We haven't seen that best group just, just yet now. But now Farad and Lorenzo, how good are they playing? Dude, how about Percy Butler? To me, he's the MVP yeah. today. What a, what a, from what we've <clears throat> seen the first three games. I just think that cat's a stud, you know. But if you if you can have Percy and Braylon and, and, and Eric Gardner, uh, Garrar, I'm sorry, and, and, and A.J. back, not saying that Trey Amos and Makai Gardner aren't making plays, but and you start throwing some of them number ones back out there, yeah, I, I'll go play with just about anybody you can line up with now. Gerald Broussard has been our guest, ESPN1420N.com, Rage Occasion color analyst on the radio, uh, and now um, working in the insurance world as well. Is that right, G? Yeah, just selling a few homeowner policies and a little auto policies. and trying. Actually, so uh, flood insurance this week, a lot of people would think, well, we're getting out of hurricane season. But, you know, it's got the thing I talk to people about all the time in the flood world. you got a 30-day waiting period. So if you want to have flood insurance, you might ought to get it now. It's going to come around. We still got over a month left, of, really two months left of hurricane season. So, uh, yeah, uh, Goosehead Insurance here on the south side of town. Phone number is 446-0441. And if nothing else, just bring your papers over, drink a cup of coffee, and we'll look at it and make sure you're covered proper. That sounds good, G. Uh, and and a non-football question, one you probably don't care about maybe you do i don't know but you brought up zion granted you're talking about zion hill but of course i thought about zion williamson nba finals start tonight who you got the lakers or the heat Heat. i really do i, I know you're supposed to, everybody's supposed to say the lakers but i and, and i'm a big fan of uh, you know uh, the levitard show and i listen to the Jimmy podcast Butler, they man. come on at the same time as some of my buddies over here but i listen to the podcast of and just kind of getting to know some of the names and you know, again, happy for guys who are not anticipated to have success. Everybody anticipated the Lakers being there. That's part of the reason the bubble was there because, you know, supposedly this was a great opportunity for LeBron to get another. But how cool would it be for Miami to go and keep him from getting one? I'm pulling hard for him. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'll am I'm. be rooting for the Heat as well. Don't know that they're going to do it, but I will be rooting for him. And uh, I said it. Uh, earlier this season, I, I guess this was back in, I don't know, December, I was like, I have become a big Jimmy Butler fan, and he has done nothing to get me off of that track. If anything, I'm just a bigger fan as the season's gone on. Gerald, appreciate the time, man. Uh, for folks that want to hear the NBA Finals tonight, we will have Game 1 on the airways for you. Uh, but uh, but on that note, G, we'll, we'll talk to you again in the future, my friend. I always appreciate the time. Same to you, pal. Be safe. All right. Big thanks to Gerald. Big thanks to Nick Underhill, who joined me earlier, and Seth Lewis as well. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Norman Locke will be on with me. It'll be a lot of fun. You don't want to miss it. Beyond the Game with Steve Pelequin comes your way next right here on ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app.